0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Caught Looking a Baseball Podcast, hosted by myself, Max Greenfield, and my co-host Ryan Garcia. Ryan, how are you doing today?
1: Um, I'm probably gonna like start
0: losing hair
1: at any point now. Um, you know, obviously the hot stove is getting mildly warmer. Nothing, nothing has happened yet. Right, we're still in the uh, initial stages of the mi- winter meetings. Teams are probably arriving right now. I don't think anybody's like, all right, let's sit down and hammer out a trade. No, you just took a a, a a flight, but let's do it now. Um, but you know there is going to be some movement probably in the next few days, or at least reportedly, right? Um, Everything comes with that stipulation. Um, But yeah, it's been, uh, I've definitely, I've definitely felt a lot more stress. My heart's definitely beating a lot faster the last few days.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a slow news week in terms of actual signings, but that always happens before the winter meetings because the winter meetings are about to begin and everything. But Um, we're about to see some pickup for sure. There's been a lot of rumors today and we'll kind of get into it. You know, on today's episode, we'll go over what happened in this past week. We're also going to bring back our favorite segment buck stops here. We're going to take three teams and try and figure out, you know, what the best route for them is. And then we're going to get into some, some seam shifted takes. Um, but to start, I think. Uh, we did have a couple of signings. We just had a big one get announced, and this is kind of a revolutionary deal, and that's Jackson Churio has signed an 8-year up to 10-year extension with the Milwaukee Brewers um, for $82 million, but can work up to $125 million if he hits the incentives and everything. Ryan, I mean, this is a revolutionary deal and a crazy commitment from you know both Churio and the Brewers to, to each other to try and see this through.
1: Yeah, no, Churio, uh,
0: obviously, like, look,
1: I, I kind of mentioned this to you before the podcast. Is he taking, like, money off the table? Like, is he limiting the amount of money he's going to make in his career by doing this? Yes, um, but it's $80 million guaranteed dollars, right? Um, you know, I, let's be real here. $80 million guaranteed dollars for a guy who has not played above, uh, you know, much above double A, it's a lot of money, right? Um, and I believe that even with the club options, it's through his age 29 season. Now, let's say hypothetically, Trio lives up to the hype. He's still got an opportunity to make a $200, $300 million contract after that, right? Let's say he's a good player. Not a great player, just a good player. And they have to even turn down those last two years, uh, where it is only $80 million. If he's a good defensive center fielder, and he's just a good player or a solid player, even a two-win player, he's still going to make an additional probably 30 $40, 50000000 million in his career, so... He's, I think, dramatically increased the floor of his uh, of the money he'll make. Um, obviously, this deal limits the amount of money that he'll make in his career, but for the Brewers, I think this is really good because you get to keep a guy long-term. Um, you know, it's been an issue for them. That is currently why Kerbin Burns is probably not going to be on the team this time next year. Um, you know, I-, I don't know if he'll be traded in the offseason, It looks like they're going to at least try to contend. I I think that's the right call. Wait until the deadline. I don't think that the package you'll get is dramatically different at the deadline, considering that teams are going to be a little more desperate to make a move, right? Um, And and then, you know, the the big thing here for for the Milwaukee Brewers, they have a good farm system. It's not like they're terrible. And they have a good track record of developing pitchers. But the issue is that they've had a track record with not developing offense. Their offense has been consistently underwhelming every single year of that I don't know if you want to call it the Jelic era. That's what I think I'll call it because that's when they started competing like seriously again. But in the Jelic era, they've never had the offense, right? They've never had the lineup. Even when Jelic was winning MVPs, he they never had the lineup. Now, they look to try to build that lineup, right? Jelic had a good year this year. I don't know if it's sustainable. Hopefully it is uh, for his sake. I have nothing against Christian Jelic. Um, is probably going to be playing on opening day. That's exciting for fans. Um, you know... They have to do something, though. If they want to seriously compete, if they want to win a lot of games next year, I'm not saying you go out, you know, you're not going to get Juan Soto, obviously. You're not going to try, you know, you're not going to sign a Cody Bellinger or Shohei Otani. But even something small, like signing a Keimer Condelario, right? Like that increases your floor. Um, you know, adding an outfield bat. Maybe it's a Jorge Soler, right? Maybe, it, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be adding a DH, uh, but, you know, you you get my point, right? Like adding just guys that you know you can get, you can sign for less because either they have a defensive deficiency, they're maybe a little bit older and so you can sign them for shorter term, but you have to get guys in that lineup. Maybe guys like Sal Freelich take a leap next year, but uh, this should really help them secure the position player core for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I really like the move from the Brewers' perspective, because pretty much, as you said, even if he doesn't hit, there's a low probability he's not at least playable. Like He's got a ton of talent. I'm always skeptical from the player perspective of if you're good, you're leaving a lot of money on the table, but it's a lot of money up front. There is a security blanket there. Something bad does happen. I get it. I really do. Um, So, yeah, I mean, totally understand that um from the Brewer's perspective, have to wait and see how it ages from Churio's perspective. You know, it it's it's sorta of like all of the Atlanta players. It's not that level of bad where like it's it's not Ozzy Osby's, right? Like arguably the worst contract ever signed by a player. Um but it's it it always just it's very close. Um in other, you know, news that just happened right now, Jim Leland just got elected to the Hall of Fame via the uh a contemporary baseball committee so congrats to him a uh, hall of fame manager for many years from many different clubs um apparently Lou Pinella missed by one vote that's tough man that's tough uh don't know why he missed by one vote um but moving towards other moves sticking with the Brewers they are apparently bringing back Wade Miley which I mean again we kind of talked about how they're probably going to be resetting a little bit and just have to see how it goes but that's fine, right? Like he's gonna get you through the year. it's really all there is to say about it, I guess. He'll help you get through the year. He's actually been quite effective for them, though. So I don't get it, but
1: sure. They like I. I mean, look, you're gonna. I'm not gonna argue they're worse with Wade Miley on their team, but you are a little concerned about some regression issues. He did actually add like a tick and a half on his fastball, so like. Trending in the right direction, uh, velocity-wise, is what you would say, right? Like, not sure how they got... I think, actually, Justin Steele, like, you, you saw that clip. I think Steven sent it to the chat where it's like... Where he tweeted it, uh, where it was like, Justin Steele going, how the hell did you get Wade to throw 94 when he was talking to Corbin Burns at the All-Star game? Which, yeah, like, how the hell did you get this guy to throw a little bit harder? Like, yeah, his, his cutter went from 85.1 miles an hour to 87.1 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't... How the hell... The the Brewers, man. The Brewers, they they know how to develop pitching. But, um, you you just kind of hope for like you know what a hundred innings of quality pitching. He's been, as you've mentioned, like surprisingly really good at run prevention. He has a 75 ERA minus since 2021. I'm gonna check the qualifications for anybody with at least like 300 innings. This is gonna be the most narrative ball I've ever done in my life. Um, but I don't really care. Uh, we're gonna do 300 innings. Uh all pitchers just gonna do every pitcher wade miley has a better era minus than logan webb garrett cole kevin gosman spencer strider zach Gallen.
0: it's weird he's been effective there
1: what the hell that
0: rhymed it's it's weird he's been effective there what a guy Good, good, Um, good for wade miley absolutely Uh, moving on there, the Mets made a couple small signings in here and there, but their big signing was, they did bring in Luis Severino. I wouldn't say big, but like, I guess for this week it was big. Uh, they did bring in Luis Severino on a one-year deal. Uh, he gets to stay in New York. Severino is interesting. It's kind of just like, he should be good. Like in theory, the stuff took a bit of a hit, but started to find its way back to normal at the end of the year. He he can't stay healthy. I mean, he hasn't thrown more than a hundred innings in a season since 2019. Um, Like it's just, it's tough. Like it's a definite risk. Do the Mets think that they're the team to unlock Luis Severino? Again, that's another tough question, but you know, I like the signing. It's worth taking a chance, especially if you do get somebody like Yamamoto. Um, So it's fine. Joey Wendell is basically just Luis Guillerme, but maybe slightly better. So that's also fine. Uh, the Reds made a pair of signings with Emilio Pagan and Nick Martinez. Pagan's an interesting fit, as we said in our last episode. Robert Orr, I'm uh, or sorry, Rob Orr. Um, and then Martinez is fine. It's just the, the, the Dodgers re signed Joe Kelly. Like, it just it was a lot of like, okay, this week, it's just not really all that interesting. What did get the people going, what did start some heart rates, is that two of the biggest players on the market. Shohei Ohtani and Juan Soto, we're starting to get a clearer picture on things for them. For Ohtani, he met with several teams today and yesterday in L.A. And according to people close to the situation, it sounds like he's going to come to a head this week. Ryan, do you think he ends up where we all think he's going to end up?
1: Yeah, no, I think he's a Dodger. Um, you know, I don't wanna like we have a history, or at least I have a history, of saying, yeah, this is totally gonna happen. And then it doesn't happen. Like I was like, yeah, Craig Council, totally a met. The Rangers, totally not gonna beat the Diamondbacks. The Astros totally got this in the bag. The twins gonna go to the AL, uh gonna win the AL pennant. The Dodger's gonna storm through the NL. So I sorry, Dodger fans, I guess, but like I think he's a dodger, and like, you know, I'm not gonna believe in superstition that much right now. Um I, I do think that if you look at the Shohei Otani market, it is interesting. Like, I actually do think that Toronto would be a cool fit for him. Um, You know, he did mention, you know, he kind of wants to be a little more low-key. Toronto is definitely a city for that. I, I know that people are going to say it's a big market, and it is. Don't get me wrong. Um, But it's not – it's definitely different, right? Like, we can't really compare, like, New York to, to – Canada in terms of like or or Toronto in terms of like just media intensity if you get what I'm saying um and he would be an awesome fit like they need home run power he would fit them perfectly the Chicago Cubs like obviously that would also be a sick as hell fit um you know Chicago is a city that has they're looking for a star um, they don't seem interested in bringing Bellinger back. I also wouldn't qualify Bellinger as a star the same way that you would consider Otani a star or Soto a star or Yamamoto a star, who the Cubs are still interested in, that being Yamamoto, of course. Actually, Jesse Rogers mentioned that the Cubs really aren't that in on Soto, which is surprising because I considered them like that's the team that's going to be able to outbid the Yankees if it really came down to it. Like, they could do it, right? Yep. And they're not in. so
0: It sounds like it, the Padres don't want to sell, trade him to an NL team, which we'll get into later, but that's just
1: there. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Otani's a Dodger. Again, like, do I think the Cubs and Blue Jays make sense? Yes. But the Dodgers just make
0: too much sense, right? Like, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Again, we've said it multiple times. They cleared $90 million in payroll for the guy. Like, they clearly have every intention of trying to sign him. And the report was today that he likes being in L.A. That was known. He likes being close to his doctor that's in L.A., That wasn't known, but okay. Another reason to stay in L.A. He wants to win. What team is the best at winning, generally speaking, or giving them the best chance to win in baseball right now? The Dodgers. It just makes too much sense. Um, Expectation is he could sign at the winter meetings this week, um, but not entirely sure. He's kind of holding things up, though. I mean, the longer he waits... The longer people like Yamamoto will wait, the longer people like Jordan Montgomery will wait. The longer people like Blake Snell, why? Because the teams that are in on those guys are also in on Otani, and it may, you know they want to basically just wait to see what happens. Mainly Toronto and Chicago, right? Like Chicago may not be super you know big on Soto. Toronto kind of is isn't. We're not super sure. There's actually mixed reports on that, um, but it it's just everybody's waiting for Rotani and it makes sense. Like he's going to set the market and you have to adjust based off that. Um, But I do think he signed with the Dodgers. I know I've said it multiple times. We've said it multiple times, but it just makes too much sense on to Soto because you know, my God, what a trade proposal Um, reports were that the Yankees and Padres had reportedly talked on Thursday talks were going good. And then Pereller basically said, here's what we think Soto is worth. And it was Michael King, Clark Schmidt, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, and two more prospects, plus cash for Juan Soto and Trent Grisham. Um, listen, I'm all for doing whatever it takes to get Juan Soto, but I don't think it takes seven pitchers and cash to get Juan Soto. Like, it's, that's kind of, you shoot for the moon. Totally okay with that. I get it and everything. But, gotta be a little reasonable here. You gotta, gotta, like, you can, if they had said, hey, we want Clark Schmidt, Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Chase Hampton, and Will Warren, I would have been like, that's a pretty hefty ask. But you can work down from that. What they started at, the Yankees clearly, Brian Cashman clearly responded with, this is not realistic at all. Then, reportedly, you know, A.J. Preller said that the Yankees are bidding like the only team in it right now and aren't valuing Juan Soto properly. To which we have now had rumors that the Padres and Blue Jays have begun to talk. John Heyman just said that a name being floated around is Alec Manoa. No offense to Blue Jays fans or anything like that, but Alec Manoa is coming off, well, really awful year. So that name, I mean, it's just you hear the proposal and then you hear Alec Manoa, and it's kind of hard to go like, are we serious? So I'm not sure when this gets resolved, but Ryan, I mean, just what an absolute crazy few days on the Juan Soto front.
1: Yeah, um, you know, obviously, like, you know, Max, you can attest to this, right? I've definitely been a little, like, I've I'm a, I'm a been uneasy, right? You know, I, I think that everything indicated that the Yankees and Padre situation was a leverage thing, but again, like, you know, it's still uneasy, right? Like, there's no certainty, right? Like, when you're, when you're flying blind, there isn't certainty, right? Um, but given everything that was released, I don't think there was anything to indicate that the Yankees negotiated in bad faith, right? Which was kind of the big thing here, right? A lot of people were worried that the Yankees were like, just like, hey, they're holding up on Michael King. No, they're holding up because it's Michael King and then six other players, six players who, who mind you, are are pretty good players. It's not like it was like Michael King and like the Aaron Bummer situation where it's like Esteban Floreal and like Oswaldo Cabrera and like, uh you know, Greg Weissert, you know, and Clayton Peter, like that type of offer. You'd be like, okay, it's a lot of fluff. You know what I mean? Not saying those players have zero value at all, but those players are, you know, not, those are like, those are final, those are finishing pieces to a deal, not core contributors to a, to a package for Juan Soto. It was it was Drew Thorpe, it was uh Clark Schmidt, Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez and then two other unnamed players who I imagine weren't just nobodies. I imagine they were prospects that were, you know, solid guys, right? Um that's still seven players, right? And, and if the Yankees don't only really value Grisham like that and they did have to pay Grisham's contract at 5 million dollars, that's the Yankees trading for 38 million dollars of projected salary, trading seven players when nobody has indicated that, that that anybody's offering better, I mean, you, you mentioned with Alec Manoa, if the Blue Jays aren't
0: offering, Ricky Tiedemann, and Orvelas Martinez, and right. those two have to be in the deal.
1: Who else are they offering? Right, like it, it's not like like what the Yankees have that the Blue J- like. Do you want to argue that the Jays have the best pitching prospect in the deal? Yeah. Do they have the best pitching? Like like the best the most valuable pitcher in the deal? Probably. No. I'd say I'd say uh, I'd I, say I would second.
0: Say, I'd say I would second. say
1: slightly more than than Michael King just because of the upside. And looking from the Padres' perspective, I get it, right? Like, would you trade Michael King for Ricky Tiedemann? I, I, I would. I think I would in a vacuum, right? I, again, It'd be it's close. A, I, I don't. I think also I also want to though. give them the benefit of the doubt, just for the sake of argument, right? Like, just for the sake of argument, let's say they have the most valuable player in this deal, and the Yankees are the second most valuable player, albeit not by not by a marge, massive difference. Then you look at the second tier of prospects, and it's probably Yankees, 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 Yankees. You know what I mean? Like, that second tier of pitching prospect overwhelmingly favors the Yankees. And if you want to look at it again, at, like, okay, what about a guy who has upside? Clark Schmidt or Alec Manoa, right? I feel like you're kind of leaning more towards Clark Schmidt at this point. Maybe you could argue for Alec Manoa. Kind of a situation with, like, King and Tiedemann, where it's like, it's kind of a toss-up, right? Then you also have the guys like Will Warren. The guys like Henry Lane, the guys like Richard Fitz, the guys like Brock Selvage, who can kind of polish off a deal, and the Jays don't really have that. So I think that's really the difference um, in terms of a package for those two parties. The Yankees are expected to meet with the, with the uh, Padres for Soto tomorrow. Um, the Yankees apparently feel good about the position they're in, which is just completely different than what we heard really for the last two days. It's like the last 48 hours on Yankee Twitter were some of the most miserable. It was like, wow, is this really going to happen? Like, are we really going to lose on him? Looks like they're back in it. Uh, when what? What's that quote from? This, uh, I'm trying. You know what quote I'm thinking of?
0: We've never been so back. No, know. not that one.
1: Oh my God, Sopranos. <laughs> no, how am I losing this? Just when I think I'm out, they pull, pull me back in. back in. There you go. Yes. There it is. I was trying to make sure. Paulie. Yes. Paulie Walnuts. All right. Yeah. No. Uh, It'll be interesting. I do think the Jays have a chance though if they offer Tiedemann. I just don't know if they're going to.
0: It sounds like they won't. So uh, the a uh, report from. One of the beat reporters that works for the Blue Jays network basically said, like, he doubts that the Blue Jays play in the Soto market because they don't want to offer up Tiedemann. Listen, for one year of Juan Soto, is Tiedemann worth it? Probably not. For one year of Juan Soto, is Michael King worth it? Again, maybe not. Like, can you make that deal without those guys? From the Yankees' perspective, yeah, It's a lot easier because you have Drew Thorpe, Clark Schmidt, Chase Hampton, Will Warren, um, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. Not really guys who make a difference, but like those are five guys, right, that could all pitch right away for San Diego next year. And they're again, they're trying to make up 700 innings. And that's what the trade proposal basically said is, I want to make one move in one fell swoop that can eat up most of those innings. That's just not going to happen. But I understand why they did it. Like, it's just a matter of the Yankee cashman said, I'm not going to bid against myself. If you can find an offer out there that's close to that, come back to me. We'll talk. The report says that they're talking and they feel good at their, about their position. Tells you what. Probably didn't find that offer. Yeah. Again, again, because, listen, fans will be like, ah, I would do that deal in a heartbeat, blah, 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 blah. That's why you're a fan. That's why we're fans. That's why we sit here, do this podcast, because we're not in that chair. Right? right like, I'm threatening my life for Juan Soto. That's why I'm a fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm very adamant about it, too. I said, like, if the market gets there, the market gets there. But right now, the market's not anywhere close to that. Again, I, Ted, I said this to Ben Palmer of Pitcher List. If you said, hey, you make this trade, and it guarantees that Juan Soto is going to sign an extension, that's a different story. Because now you're signing Juan Soto to an extension on top of whatever, you know, this year is. That's a different story. Then that, you could argue that that package is extremely light. Like that's how quickly things change. Now here's the thing though, he's not going to sign an extension. If you throw 15 years 500 million dollars at him as the extension offer, maybe he does. Would I do that? Absolutely. I think actually it's pretty reasonable for a GM to think that that's a reasonable extension offer because it's Juan Toto. Guy's a future hall of famer, one of the best hitters in baseball. But like, again, we're not there yet. We're just, it just requires patience, which creates anxiety. And I get it. It also doesn't help that there's just not a lot of movement on the market. So there's not a lot to talk about. So people are just losing their minds. But ultimately this leads into the buck stops here. Ryan, we just talked a bunch about this trade. The San Diego Padres are going to trade Juan Soto. But they still have plenty else to do, and they still feel they can be competitive even if they trade Soto. So what do they do to be competitive? What do they do in the Soto trade? So um,
1: I don't know if, they, if they're if there are locks to get Michael King, but obviously, like, you should do everything you can to try to get Michael King in that deal. Michael King for the Padres makes sense for two reasons. Obviously, I think he's really good. The Yankees really like him for a reason. Let's let's be very honest with ourselves here. Um, you know, the Yankees are not shy about players they like and don't like, right? Like, they don't flat out say, we don't like, yeah, we're not really fans of Estevan Florial. They just don't play him. They just will never put him on the roster. You know what I'm saying? That's their indicator. Yeah, we really don't like this guy. Uh, Davey Garcia was another example, kind of after 2021, like he didn't pitch in all of 2022 at the major league level. They were kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? When you don't like a guy anymore, you don't really feature them on your roster. Um, Michael King's a guy you really like to the point in which Andy Martino's like, yeah, the Yankees are considering him a near untouchable. Again, if the market gets there, you got to trade Michael King. I don't know if the market has gotten there, right? We'll find out tomorrow, I guess, if the market has gotten there. Um, but you know, if you can get Michael King, he's an extension candidate. You probably slap on like a team friendly five, six year extension. The Padres are really known for that. Um, so you probably net him at decent value. And if you're Michael King, if you see 80 million guaranteed dollars, you're probably taking it right. Um, especially since, you know, elbow injuries are pretty frequent. Um, and then if you're looking at the rest of the, of a package, you can get probably, you know, you probably can get a Chase Hampton maybe you probably can get I would I would really like to get if, if I'm the project again I would really look at a Will Warren uh if you can get Will Warren in that deal I would actually look at him as a back-end starter for you next year like immediately out the gate I think he's that good and if you look at your rotation and you've got you Darvish Joe Musgrove Michael King and then you feeling like let's say you got a fourth starter you like bring back Seth Lugo and then your five starters Will Warren that is a that is a damn good rotation I think like Considering their situation, there is some risk involved, but Max, it's hard to say that rotation isn't going to get the job done, right? Um, if you can get a Randy Vasquez as like a filler as well, um, you know, I, I would try to see if I can like pluck Kalagashioka as well, just because I know they need a catcher. Though preferably you bring Gary back, like Gary was. Really they want to. Them. If they want to, I would prefer bringing Gary back from them. He can give them some offense to uh, provide some DH inning uh, uh, reps or innings, whatever you want to call it. I Guess it wouldn't be innings. You want a first baseman. Um, I, I think you could just slide Cronenworth over to first. I know that's lazy, but you can. Put uh, Hassan Kim at second, Bogarts at short, Machado at third. Personally, I know everybody would rather have Kim at short and Bogarts at second, but that's not going to happen. I think that's we're, we're past that point. You have in right field. They're looking to move Grisham. I don't know if you should. I kind of like Grisham, but if teams are willing to give you something for him, Sure. Right, Uh, Maybe you can get a reliever for him. That's fine. Bolster your pitching depth a little bit more. You'll still need to add a left fielder. You'll still need to add a center fielder. So I I would advise for them to take Pereira, though that name really hasn't come up in conversations. And MLB nerds mentioned that the Padres aren't really high on Pereira. So I'm led to believe he won't be in a deal. Um... But also go trade for a pitcher. Go trade for some for maybe a controllable starting pitcher. Maybe you flip some of the players you got in the Yankee deal, or maybe you feel a little more comfortable parting with your own prospects in a deal if you know you get you get a good package from the Yankees and you can go out and trade for a guy. They've been linked to Corbin Burns. I don't know if that's the best idea because they can't keep him long term, probably. Right? Like if you can't keep Soto, can you keep Burns? It's different price points, drastically different price points. But you get my point. Could they maybe land a Mitch Keller? The connection with I know we brought him. I bring him all the time, but. There is a connection with them and they have uh, the farm, right? They have a connection with them in Pittsburgh as well. Like they've made deals, plural, I think, right? Or just a deal before. No, they've made deals, plural at this point. Not always massive deals, but still they've made deals. Um, could they make it like get a controllable starter? Maybe you don't have to, or controllable. Maybe go out and get a controllable outfielder or sign a guy. Maybe you sign a guy like an Adam Duvall. I actually think that'd be a really good fit because he's going to be cheap. I like his bat. He is injury prone, but I, I, I do think he's a solid player. Um, maybe you go out and you sign I, I, Jung-Hoo Lee. Like, Jung-Hoo Lee is a the guy they've been linked to. I think that makes a ton of sense for them. He, Him and Hassan Kim used to be teammates. So, it's not just a matter of like, oh, they both played in Korea. They were teammates. And they were pretty close. Like, they seem like they're pretty good friends. So, if you have Lee in center, add a guy like Duvall. You get some pitchers in that deal with the Yankees. Let's say you get King and Warren. That seems good, man. Like, Max, I, that team's making the playoffs in my eyes. Like, they're certainly I,
0: competing for it.
1: Yeah. you. That you... team's that, that making the playoffs. That, who's... But like considerably better than them the NL. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Phillies. That's
0: pretty much it. And Dep- the you know, Central team's d- going to get in. It does depend on what happens with the Giants, too, because they are right. rumored to be big on some guys. But if you yeah. trade
1: Soto, that takes a guy out of the picture, right? Like, that's one of the guys that they want. And if you assume Otani's yeah. going to the Dodgers, now it makes it all Yamamoto. And does that fix their offensive issues, right? Now, they should go out and get him regardless, right? Like, every team yeah. should try to get Yamamoto. But again, you still, like... I'm not saying that they can't, that they're gonna automatically be better than the Giants, but they were better than the Giants this past season. They, I think, have a lot more star talent, and getting those type of pitchers, I mean, there's there's yeah. two more open wild card spots, up for grabs.
0: I Arizona, think, right? I, like it's. I think there's a really good chance that Fernando Tatis finishes somewhere in the top three in MVP voting next year. Yeah, and even really if he's
1: not chance. a breakout, like, even if he doesn't ever find his bat again, dude, he's a fucking stud defensively. Yeah. Um, It's also odd, Mach- even your Machado, who is
0: MVP be candidate. For, yeah, should be due for a big year.
1: Hasan <laughs> Kim had a big year. I'm really excited about him. Xander it's really,
0: Bogarts. If Cronenworth can bounce back, which I think there's a good chance he can. Uh, right. They're really good.
1: And also, think of it like this. Uh, Bogarts is going to be in that year two with a team. And we've seen a lot of players in year two Take that next step. I don't think it's a good contract. Don't get me wrong. But just because it's a bad contract doesn't mean you can't get some good years out of it. Right? The Yankees did get 2021 and 2018 out of John Carlos Stanton. Right? Like, you get some big years out of a player. And as long as you get in the dance, as long as you make the playoffs, you've got a chance. Right? Like, as long as, like, everyone's like, you know, oh, is it enough to make this team a contender? If you're a team that can get into, if you're a team that's favored to get into the postseason, in my eyes, you're a World Series contender. This is baseball. It's not the NBA. Right? The eighth seed. The seven, or sixth, excuse me, can go on and win the World Series or win the pennant.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, from the Padres' perspective, you need to get one of King or Thorpe, one of Hampton or Warren, get Schmidt, and then get one of Vasquez and Brito. And that's it. Take the four pitchers. Those four guys will give you probably somewhere around 350 to 500 innings. There's a good chunk, up to half or more than half, of the 700 innings that you're losing. I don't think there's a better offer out there from realistic people. Listen, if you could get the Seattle Mariners on the phone and try and get them to trade for Juan Soto, you'd do it. But they won't. They're just not in that market. That's not the way they're operating. If they were available, immediately that would be the team I'm calling because— as much as I like the Yankees pitching prospects and pitching package, there's Brian Wu, Bryson Miller, Logan Gilbert. Like, there are guys available that have proven, you know, MLB stuff and everything that can help you, and they have a lot of it. So that would be where I'd start, but I know it's not going to happen, right? Clearly, the Yankees and the Padres feel that they can help each other out. That's why they had that re- <laughs> absolutely absurd Trade request. But they'll find a way. So I think they're going to make a trade with the Yankees. I think you have to find a way to get King. If You you should be doing everything you can to get Michael King. I feel like the discourse of this trade has, has caused a couple of problems in the sense of, like, the King should not— the, Sorry, the Yankees, not the Kings. like the bean, baby. Uh, the Yankees should not be saying, we don't want to trade Michael King, and he's untouchable. When it comes to Soto, if you have to include King, you have to include King. It shouldn't take that, but if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But Schmidt, Hampton, Warren, Vasquez, or Schmidt, Hampton, Warren, Brito, it's a really good package. Again, Schmidt is a guy who was an average starter last year in his first full year starting. He has a great knuckle curveball, a great sweeper when he throws it consistently. The cutter is good when it's thrown 92 plus. Not very good when it's not. So he just has to work on the velocity aspect of it. But it was his first year throwing the pitch. There's room to work with there. Is he good enough to be a headliner? Probably not. But is he good enough to be a good part of the package? Absolutely. I want King. I can settle with Schmidt and then one of Hampton or Thorpe. I would take Hampton. I think the upside is just too high there, but I understand the the view on Thorpe as well. Outside of that, I'm looking to try and get some more pitching. I want to bring Gary Sanchez back, give him a 2-year, 20 million, $22 million contract, maybe or a one, you know, it's a 1-year deal for 12 million with a second-year option for 10, something like that. Yes, the Padres should bring back Gary Sanchez, give him a decent contract, really well-liked, really hard worker, a lot of reasons to bring him back. But moving on from a team that could be in on both Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the Chicago Cubs are looking to make a splash this offseason. Ryan, do they make that splash, and what are you doing?
1: So um, I don't know if they will make a splash because it seems like Otani is – it seems LA or, like, I know I said previously if he doesn't go to LA, I think he'd be a Cub. I'm starting to think it's more of, like, he's going to be a J. But I could see the Cubs still. I think it's, like, kind of a coin toss there. Um, But that being said, I don't think Otani's a realistic get for, for either of those two teams. With that being said... Um, I do believe that they have a good chance at Yamamoto, not a great chance. I think that, again, it's kind of like, are they going to outbid the Mets? And if they're not going to outbid the Mets, are they more of a preferable spot than the Dodgers or the Yankees? And I don't know if that question's also yes. Um, that's another wrinkle in this. And then as for Soto, Jesse Rogers of ESPN reported that they are not really in on Soto. So that would tell me... All right, they're probably not doing something huge. That doesn't mean they can't get better. I think they can. If you look at the foundation of their team, right, go around the infield, they have, you know, a great middle infield duo in Swanson and Horner. Um, Their catching situation, Miguel Amaya, seems like he can be a guy. um, I was really impressed by his bat, so that could be a guy as well. Uh, You know, PCA seems like he'll, you know, be the center fielder next year, and he's at least a really good defender. The bat, probably questionable, right? Like, I don't know if the bat's gonna be that good next year. But the, the glove is it's truly special. Um, and that's really... I, I think that's... When you're talking about center field, you can live with that, right? I, they're not really interested in bringing back Cody Bellinger. Nor should they be, right? Like, considering the price tags that have been floated around, I get it. Um, even if they get like... Not, like, they're, he's proje- like PCA's projected for 91 WRC+. That's good with the defense. You'll take it. You have Seiya Suzuki and Ian Hamilton. Christopher Morrell uh, is probably the DH. You need a first baseman. You need a third baseman. I know that, uh you know... Could they, I think Heimer Canelaro just kind of makes sense to bring him back because uh, he can play both of those positions. Reese Hoskins would make sense. Could they go out and make a splash into rotation? I think they could. Like, Blake Snell could be a really good get for them. Maybe they go out and get a Jordan Montgomery. Um, you know, uh, Shane Bieber, I think, was mentioned in trade talks, right? Like, that, it was them in the Reds, right, if I'm not mistaken. Tyler Glasnow has been linked to them as well. So, like, maybe it's a matter of, like, hey, if you can show up your rotation with, like, you know, let's say Tyler Glasnow and, like, a Shota Imanaga, you've got you know, Steele, Klasnow, and Minaga as your one, two, three, that's damn good, man, that is really damn good, Um, you know, you got, you have some guys like Cade Horton coming through the system who you probably don't deal if you're getting, like, you're not, you're not trading uh, uh, Cade Horton to land any of those two players, maybe you have to trade a guy like Ben Brown, but I think they're fine with that if you're getting a guy like Klasnow, you know, uh, end of the day, that team could be good, like, that team has a chance to be really good next year, it's unfortunate that there really isn't a star player at either the two corner infield spots. If there were, I mean, that would be an obvious fit. Next year, when, like, Alex Bregman hits for agency, that'll make a lot of sense, right? Like, if, if you can add him to third base, that team would be scary good. I wonder what becomes available in the trade market. Like, I know that they were talks about maybe, tra- maybe the Cardinals were going to trade Paul Goldschmidt. Not only do I think that ship has sailed, but I don't think that was ever going to happen. If the Cubs wanted to get Paul Goldschmidt, the Cardinals are not trading him to the Cubs. Um, you know, like Mike Trout might be going to get traded, but they're not trading for Mike Trout. Uh, I don't think Mike Trout's getting traded. Um, so like just trying to think of like star caliber, like game changing players on offense. It's just not the market for that. Unless of course you're getting Otani or Soto. Maybe they get Otani. I don't see it, but yeah, that's my scoop on the, on on the Cubs max. Get a lot of good players. Not really a great one.
0: I think they end up with Reese Hoskins. Makes too much sense there. Fits too good. Um, he's exactly what they need. Um, I like the idea of trading for Shane Bieber. I'm less so sold on the idea of trading for Tyler Glass now. Guy's just not healthy. He just doesn't stay healthy. Got wicked stuff, obviously. I mean, talent-wise, there's probably not many pitchers better than him on the planet. But he can't stay healthy, so really limits his value. Imanaga makes a lot of sense, too. I know they have reported interest there. I just don't see them ending up with Yamamoto or Otani. I, again, I agree with you. I think they just go out and get some good players. They, you know, I think Chapman's above their price range in terms of like what they want to spend on a guy like him. I think Bellinger is same thing. Um, you know, it, especially if Bellinger's trying to get two hundred million dollars, I just that's a bad idea. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the idea of Bieber. I like the idea of Hoskins. I know that they like could go get some relievers as well. Robert Stevenson just makes a ton of sense. Um, Josh Hader, like, if you really wanted to upgrade at closer over Adbert uh, I guess I think Edward's fine. Like, I thought he actually did pretty good as their closer last year, so I wouldn't make that signing again. I just wouldn't pay Josh Hader kind of money he's going to get because it's a reliever and it's hard to justify, um, and it's easy for those things to age poorly, but. Hater's really good, so I get it. But again, I don't think they go and get like a big name. But I, I think they get some good players and they improve. And in that division, that's all they really need. Brewers are going to be worse. Cardinals probably aren't there yet. Um, Pirates are not certainly not there yet. Reds maybe they need a, they need a lot more pitching, but maybe right. Uh, I would lean towards the Cubs being the favorite in that division, and so I think they do enough to reinforce that. And then all you got to do is get in. All you got to do. So I wouldn't consider them like World Series favorites, but I think they 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 will get in and that gives them a chance. Um, moving on to another team that recently fell out of the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Really needs some starting pitching. Really only considering people with no qualifying offers, which kind of comes down to a couple of names. So Ryan, what do the Boston Red Sox need to do this offseason?
1: I think Jordan Montgomery makes a ton of sense for them. He's going to be in the Northeast at Boston College because um, his wife is doing medical stuff at Boston College. So from a location perspective, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I know the Mets have been linked to Jordan Montgomery as well, but I think the Mets are going to be interested in Yamamoto. I think that's their guy. Um, And then for Montgomery, I just think that makes sense for the Red Sox. I don't think they're going to end up with Yamamoto for the similar reasons, as I mentioned with the Cubs. They're not the Yankees and Dodgers in terms of the preference for uh, Yamamoto, and they don't have the Mets' pockets. So I'm going to count them out on him. Um, you know, I'd set him in Aga for the Cubs. Makes a lot of sense for the Red Sox, too. They are linked to each other. That would make a lot of sense. Get two starters, two lefties. Um, now, do you want to get two left-handed pitchers in a ballpark that plays well to righties? Maybe not. But, really, like, you're getting two good pitchers. Who really cares, right? If You know, like, it's like saying, uh, I guess it's a little different, but... It's still, I would still say that you're getting two good starters. Who cares? Um, I don't think they're doing anything massive. I think if they were, it would have to have been Yamamoto, but I just don't think they're gonna get Yamamoto. Um, it, I don't think that Burns is being moved before the deadline. If he was, I think Boston just makes too much sense. Could Glass now be a fit for the Red Sox? Sure, but they need innings, man. Like that—that that is not like with Chris, When you already have Chris Sale in your rotation, if you have Sale and Glass now. Max, you're you're asking for trouble. You're asking for a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble. Like you're asking for tons of trouble there. Um, so, I I think they should stay the route if they get Montgomery and they get like like maybe they could have done like a maybe maybe they could have been a team to like go out and get like a Lancelin. But even then, like why? Right? Like go just just go get good pitching. Don't you don't need fillers. But at the same time, I think you're not in a position to take a risk on Glass now, given the situation with Snell with Sale. You just don't want that. You don't you don't want that. You do not want two question marks. In the top like five in the top four spots of your rotation. But again, are they in a position where they need to go out and do something big or else, you know, it's over for them? No. Right? So why force yourself to make a move you're not comfortable making? I know that there is that they want to do things differently than what they did it with Bloom, but that had more to do with ownership than it did with the GM. And then lastly, right, like if you if you're trying to say that the problem was that bloom wasn't smart enough. I think you're already asking the wrong question. Like you're already looking in the wrong places, right? I think Breslow is is a smart guy. I think Bloom was a smart guy. Um, Maybe Breslow will be more aggressive, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, We'll wait and see. But I think right now it's Montgomery as their top guy.
0: Montgomery makes a lot of sense. Doesn't have the qualifying offer attached. Is a good left-handed arm. Um, You know, solid, solid pitcher. Gonna give them some innings and everything like that. Um, It's just a matter of. His market's pretty big because he doesn't have a qualifying offer. I mean, the Mets are interested in Montgomery. The Yankees are interested. The Cardinals. The Rangers. You know, Montgomery's got a lot of offers. And, you know, you kind of have to see where Otani, Otani and Yamamoto land. Again, I just see Yamamoto ending up on one of the two New York teams. And if the Dodgers don't get Otani, which I would be extremely surprised by, um, then Yamamoto becomes, you know, almost, a, you know, the Dodgers become a very heavy favorite for Yamamoto. Um, what I kind of like feel about the Red Sox here is, as you said, like the ownership wants them to go out and make a move. And if they're forcing Breslow into a move, then it gets dangerous. Things can go bad and things can go back quickly for them, um, which creates some concern. Um, but I think they, as you said, don't be pressured into a big move. If you don't get Yamamoto and you don't get Montgomery, it's okay. Like, find some small moves that you can make. Use your positional player depth to try and maybe go get a Shane Bieber or a Corbin Burns. See what happens there. If that doesn't work out, okay. Reset. Try and lock in for 2024. Or 2025, I should say. Um, I don't think they're... They need more than what they can get on the market to compete heavily for a championship in 2024, in my opinion. But yeah. I don't think that should stop them from trying. But I don't think it would be an abject failure if it doesn't come up that way. Don't make a move that you're going to regret just to make a move, just to make a splash. Like, that just doesn't make sense. So don't do that. Um, but, I again, I like Craig Reslow. I think he'll do a good job. So I'm curious to see what they do. But got to end the episode with our favorite segment. Our re, most reoccurring segment is hashtag... Seam shifted takes, baby, is back. We asked you guys for some takes about the winter meetings and everything. Um, and, you know, you guys gave us some fun ones. Uh, to start off, Ryan, I, I have to upset you a little bit, but at Vitaly Jefferson, good friend Jeff uh, said, Ryan goes on another rant about Brian Cashman being ball before Soto goes to the Yankees in an underwhelming return for Soto. Doesn't seem like the suitors are really there. Ryan, he hasn't been right about the last part yet, but. He did kind of correctly call the first part. there there were some bald comments in, in a few group chats.
1: Yeah, there were some bald comments, but like, you know, it wasn't being entirely serious. But technically, hey, he did't say Ryan would seriously say that. He said I would say it. so. And he
0: did get you there. He did get you.
1: In there. the respect of I am going to be a I'm going to be a big boy and uh, admit when I when people are right and when I am not as right, Jeff was right. about the first <laughs> part. Hopefully, Praying to God on my freaking knees. He's right about the second part. Hopefully.
0: Hopefully. Hopefully. Agreed. Um, But let's get a little bit more serious. Uh, At El Tortuga Games says, Monty signs with Boston. Soto traded to New York. Snell to Seattle. Belly to San Francisco. I really like Bellinger to San Francisco along with Matt Chapman. That's a really good move. I think that's a great offseason for them. Soto traded New York. I think that's what ends up happening. Monty to Boston, as we just said, that would be a really good move. Snell to Seattle is good because he wants to be there. I just don't see it happening. Because if they're not in the market for Soto, are they all of a sudden going to be in the market for Snell, who is a way less sure of a thing than Soto? I I just don't see it.
1: I agree. Um, I don't. I agree on all fronts, not just, like, where the guys are going. I, I don't see Snell going to Seattle. They have Robbie Ray coming back at some point from an elbow surgery. Um, I know Marco Gonzalez went, underwent an elbow surgery, and they're actually—they they have committed money to both those guys. They pump out pitchers like it's nothing. They need to wor- worry about their hitting. If they're going to pay that much money for a guy, as you mentioned, maybe you go get Soto. Arguably, you could say that that price point is just— it's a different conversation price-wise— but go leverage your, let's say, you know what? Now, this could be an off season for them. If they go out and leverage one of their, like, young starters to go get a guy like Randy Rosarena, and then you sign Snell? Now that, That's that different. is a hell of an offseason. You are, you are, you could argue they're the best team in the AL West if they do that. Are they going to do that? No. Yeah. Um. Again, like you mentioned, I, I think you mentioned, I don't know if, actually, well, Spoiler alert, guys. Uh, Ryan made an oopsie, so this is the second time we're talking about this. But in one iteration of this conversation, Isak Paredes was brought up. We brought up right. the report. He, with-
0: the rumor is that the Mariners are interested in Isak Paredes. The fit, in theory, is good, but that park doesn't play to a right-handed power. pull power, like, amazingly. So... Yeah, I mean we had when we had Rob Oron you know, again, another shout out to that episode. You should go listen to it if you haven't already. Um is that Paredes is very good at pulling the ball in the air and he's probably the best at it in baseball. That park it's tough. It's tougher on it than it is in in Tampa. So something to consider there is if Paredes doesn't have a park where he can pull the ball and hit home runs consistently, uh, his value goes down a lot. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And you know, looking at this from the perspective of the Mariners, I actually think Randy Rosarena would be so good for them. That would be sick. A, a so
0: Rod cool. or Rosarena Outfield? That
1: would be a That's pretty tight. That's pretty
0: that's pretty electric. Yeah. The
1: aura. The aura, like look, I talk look, the aura right there is special. The right? vibes
0: are unreal.
1: The X vibes unreal. are 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 unbelievable. And I would say this. I think it would change how Mariners fans feel about the team. I think this way about the Yankees and Juan Soto. The Yankees and Juan Soto happening, I think would change my opinion on the direction of the franchise. But I'm a Yankee fan. I'm spoiled. I've, you know, I've been alive for a World Series. All that noise. Let's, you know what I mean? Right? Like I'm not, I'm not going to compare the situations because let's talk about what, like I was a Browns fan before the Watson stuff. When they won a goddamn playoff game, Max, you can speak a Kings fan. When they got to the playoff, man, like, that's an electric it's crazy. feeling. It's, it's just so awesome. It's yeah. different. That, I, would, I would honestly call that playoff win the most electric win of my life. And I I know I wasn't, mem- oh, I didn't really remember it that much, but I was alive for a freaking World Series, right? Like, I've been alive for one of my sports teams to win a championship. So, you know, uh, from the Mariners' perspective, if you're a Mariners fan, you're like, my team just got Randy Rosarena. And my team just went out and got me Blake Snell. Or hell, even say, like, let's go get Shoto Imanaga. I'm sure Shoto Imanaga would be fine playing in Seattle. Geographically, money-wise, Right, like you want to take it a price down tier-wise. And that ballpark actually plays really well for Imanaga because it doesn't play well for fly balls. And that's an issue for him. So if you're looking at a fit right there, good Lord, right? You find a third baseman, maybe it's a second baseman. I mean, if the Yankees get Soto, maybe they're more willing to trade Torres, right? Like, if you ended up with, like, a Torres, a Rosarena, Imanaga offseason...
0: It's really good offseason. That
1: team is freaking stacked, man. That team is stacked. And if that's, I, I, I'm disappointed that they traded Suarez because I didn't think they get it, they got enough of a return and it just felt cheap. But you'll immediately like no one will care if you get those three players, right? Like nobody will care.
0: Nobody would care. Um, moving on to at Ryan Jack N Y Y. So the Yankees. Otani the Cubs. Yamamoto to the Dodgers. Cease to the Braves. Bellinger to the Giants. Uh, I just don't see Otani the Cubs. Uh, I listen. It sounds like it's down to more of like the Blue Jays and the Dodgers and Blue Jays make some sense. Definitely. I, I, you could argue they make more sense than the Cubs. Um, but I, am not sure I would agree with that argument. I'm just saying you could make that argument. Um, but again, I think Ohtani, goes to the Dodgers. Yamamoto, his market's just way too big. Again, I, it's still so hard to predict where he's going to end up. Um, I lean towards the Mets because they have the most money to offer. And they really like their pitching plans are pretty much get Yamamoto and that's kind of it. Like that's like that's just kind of how they feel about it. And I think that's the right. I want to be clear. I think that's the right thing to do for the Mets. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough to see here. But so do the Yankees, cease the Braves, Bell under the Giants. I think that's all reasonable.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And you know, yeah, as you mentioned that Yamamoto that Yamamoto market. It's gonna be, it's gonna get crazy. It's
0: huge. Right? I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's you know, tough again, to see. He's supposed huge... to come to the US next week, by the way. That that was just reported on.
1: Yeah, the Mets are confirmed to be one of the teams he's meeting with. I imagine the Dodgers, Yankees are gonna be involved in that. We'll see the Giants other teams too. he meets with Giant, Yeah, I imagine at this point. Like if I know that people are giving uh I don't know how to pronounce Susan, is it Schulzler? I think it's Sussler. Sussler. I'm sorry, I'm not good at pronouncing last names. Um, but look, like, I know they're giving her crap because of the whole like the judge thing that happened the year before. But
0: Buzz around the meetings.
1: Right, but, like, my I would, like, a lot of Giants fans I've seen, like, talk about this. are kind of like, the judge situation's a little bit weird, right? Like, the judge situation with the Giants was a little weird. I do believe there's genuine buzz with Yamamoto. Um, you know, I I do think that's real. So, I would place a lot of money on all four of those teams getting meetings. I think Boston's getting a meeting, too. 100% getting a meeting, right? Like, prob- like those are the five teams that are getting meetings. I don't know if anybody else is really... Get- Anybody you would actually sit down and want to meet with. Like, who else is making us Cubs? Cubs? We'll put Cubs in six. I would say those
0: six teams. And that's... Maybe the Phillies, if they're still interested, but probably not.
1: Cardinals are apparently out of it, according to Katie Wu on, like, a radio show, so... It's not exactly what
0: she said, but she said she has a hard time seeing them do it, is what she said.
1: Okay, so maybe they meet, but Dark Horse, Phillies, and Cardinals. Fair? Yeah, Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so that's good with me.
0: Uh, At Diva7272... Seven, Alex says, I know it's a little bold, but I'm predicting Buck Farmer to sign with the Mariners. It just makes me laugh. Like Buck Farmer, such a random name. But they are really good at pitchers, so they'll turn him into an absolute stud.
1: Buck Farmer, 3.30 ERA, 31% strike rate, 11% walk rate. Seattle Mariners, 55 innings. Lock it in. Lock
0: it in, folks. Lock it in. (laughs) It would be such a Mariners thing to do. Um, at AB Champs, Aiden Bachamps, I think is how you say his name. Uh, Soto to the Yankees. I can't put my foot on why, but Juan Soto's purpose is to. Uh, is Juan Soto's sole purpose is to hit 450 feet bombs and Yankee pinstripes. I see what you did there. You're not slick. I know what you was doing, making those references and jokes and stuff. You are not slick.
1: Now, soul references. Like I do think Juan Soto is a fit for everybody. And if you think about it, getting Juan Soto would certainly heal a lot of Yankee fans' angst with the team. Uh, see what I did there? Heal. Huh? Uh, that's... God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. My dad joke game, I got to bring the dad goat joke oh, game onto the pod. My dad joke game is special. It is, oh, it is a. Gen- I would consider it a generational bag. Um, but yeah, no. You're, an 80, a
0: you're an 80 grade prospect. Man. You know
1: what? 80 grade. Give me an 80 grade on the dad jokes. Every single time he gets a oh really, and when you get the like people think a good when dad When you get joke the ugh oh, that's
0: a good feeling. Yeah, a people good are feeling.
1: like, oh, it's supposed to be funny. No, they're not. They're supposed to they're, be. They're oh, not. Are you serious? They're, yeah, they're not supposed I to be. I perfected funny. the. I'm starting to perfect. Like I don't know if you've seen that video where it's like you know they sign the check with the hand where they're like, yo, the check. They're like, mm-hmm. trying to perfect that notion. I've gotten the notion out with, with the with the neighbors hitting with the. You know, no, hitting you, with a head have nod. Have you once-
0: mastered the the white person? Yeah. Uh, it's a good skill. It's a good skill I've got, to have. The, the white person nod. Not
1: nobody can see what we're doing, but I, I would consider that I've mastered the art. Or like I've truly like I, I've mastered the art of having just the dad tendencies. So uh, you know, anyone you. out there, you know, welcome if you're to the for, club. If you're looking for, you know, I'm actually not. I'm actually not searching on the market. The market. Uh, I'm on the Juan Soto, Juan Soto Yankees one yard line. But uh, anyways, new new topic.
0: Uh, at Mets fan page says Padres wait to trade Soto Otani signs, uh, and all the Otani, uh, losers join the Soto sweepstakes. Like in theory, this makes sense. Um, but again, like the teams in on Otani are essentially down to the Giants, Cubs, Dodgers, and Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, he's reportedly the Padres are not going to trade him to an NL team. So that kind of takes out the Dodgers and giants who are in their division. So they're definitely not going to do that. And the Cubs. So it just leaves the only other team mentioned so far the blue Jays. So I don't really think it changes too much, uh, in all honesty. Uh, but I could see them doing it just to see if any other team gets involved. Um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. hundred percent. I don't really have anything else to add on.
0: Yeah. it, It just depends on that. Uh, Front of the pod, Sean L nine four nine eight says the Sean X will spread through the winter meetings, much akin to the stomach bug at the GM meetings. Uh absolute legendary projection system, the Sean X. Sean has never been wrong in his life. What a what a dude, what a legend. Um fire take here. Probably the best take we've gotten all day.
1: Yeah, and so somebody shows me photographic evidence of Sean being wrong, um you can't disprove his points, right? Like I said, if you you can't crush a reporter if you don't have the sources to, or another credible report that you know, conflicts that report. Um, can't contest his, his his point unless you've got evidence. And I don't see anybody with, with physical evidence. You know what I mean? I just see haters. That's all I see.
0: That's all I see. Um, Andrewlo at Mike at Mike King, Cy Young. I think all this sort of stuff is negotiation tactics since the Yankees are the only team seriously interested. Again, I don't think the Yankees are the only team seriously interested. They're just the only team named and they're the only team to show, you know, a good amount of distance in, in, the, in what they've made in terms of uh, of talks and everything. They're the only team that has basically like had an outright offer um, and kind of like gone from there. I I think they're the favorites. Yes. Um, John Heyman was just on MLB network and says he thinks there's a really good chance that the Yankees get Soto. Um, I think the general feeling is still around that again, two and a half hours ago. If you listen to Andy Martino, you wouldn't be feeling the same way, but then things change. Like it's just, that's just the nature of the sports nature of the winter meetings. Things can change rapidly. Um, But, yeah, I don't think this is all just, like, you know, negotiations out in public. Like, I think there is some legitimacy to it that they are talking to other teams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Padres are just, like, trying to get the Yankees to come to their town and make a deal. But, yeah. Um, I agree. At Josh BESNY, friend of the pod, Josh Benjamin. Aside from an inevitable Juan Soto trade, I'm anticipating a quiet week with minimal action. Maybe Soto's move... Soto Imanaga, Jung Hoo Lee signing, and that's it. So Lee's supposed to be posted tomorrow. Um, now guys can get posted and sign really quickly. We saw that with uh, Yoshida last year, obviously. Lee's market is ginormous, and until the Soto trade happens, it's hard to see how Lee moves. Right, like that kind of that that stepping stone needs to be out there first. So I don't see the Lee signing. Imanaga, I think, might be interesting because I think it's possible for a team to sign him and then still go get Yamamoto. That's, financially speaking, possible. I'm just not entirely sure what his market is yet. So, right now, it's really looking like it'll just be, like, Otani and Soto. But that's not—again, yeah. things can things change really quickly. Really, really quickly. So Also, let's say the Yankees
1: don't get Soto. Like, that happens. Shoot, man. They're going to be running to find somebody. You know what I mean? They're running to find somebody. It's Sprinting.
0: If they don't get Soto, it's an abject failure. You you could have legitimate calls for changes in several, several ways. Uh, But again, we're not there yet. Um, At Tanner James, Tanner Ramsey says, Completely random predictions. Someone unexpected gets traded that we didn't think was on the block. I like that, even though it's not really hinting at anything. Uh, Soto to the Yankees. Otani to the Dodgers. Yamamoto to the Mets. Bellinger to the Jays. I kind of like I don't think uh I don't think the Blue Jays would be interested in Cody Bellinger simply because I think they're in on Soto and Otani and then if they don't get them they kind of just are like all right, let's try and make small moves and then hope our core can just rebound. Which is not a bad plan.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to like the Jays are really good, or the Jays were really good a couple years ago. I mean, they weren't really good this past year, right? They like, were fine. They were
0: they were solid. They're a playoff team, right? They're a good, good rotation.
1: Yeah, they're they're good enough. Like they're they're good. They're, you can make the playoffs. You're projected to make the playoffs, which they are. Your World Series
0: contender. So they're World Series contenders. Hard to argue they're not. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, at metal two one one two, I have a feeling that the Yanks wind up with Soto. Bold take, my friend. <laughs> like really uh really going out on a limb there with uh with that one um yeah i mean again as of right now yeah i'd say that the yankees are you know the favorites for uh juan soto um that was actually all the takes we got but you know normally we do name an award for the worst take that we saw and you know the the home runs are just outs a fly ball outs with a Outwall's award doubles impressed me more as a pure hitter. Um, I actually have to give it to—I like this guy, James Sciano, is a good dude. But he said that um, basically Chase Utley isn't a Hall of Famer in his eyes, which is a bold take already in my opinion. Uh, It's because he wasn't like a whiz defensively at second base was his reasoning. That's a god-awful take. It's just like an objectively, provably wrong take, too. He's second all-time in defensive runs saved by a second baseman. He just didn't have a gold glove for some goddamn reason. But he had a season with 30 defensive runs saved at second base. Like, saying he was not a whiz or amazing defensively is just wrong. (laughs) Like, he was a really good defender at second base.
1: He's always—look, I will say this. When I talked to him, it actually kind of made a little more sense with what he was saying. Um— which is more so, like, why is the line in the sand being drawn at, like, Utley? Because, like, let's be real here. There are candidates, like, Lou Whitaker is a great example of this. Was Lou Whitaker more deserving? If Lou Whitaker didn't get in, why is Utley getting in? But I would argue that that would be, that would be, like, what we talked about when we ta- had during, during our Hall of Fame episode, which would be, just because something is, doesn't mean it ought to be. Just because Lou Whitaker didn't get in, doesn't mean he shouldn't have got in. It doesn't mean that Chase Utley shouldn't get in. Personally, I just I think Chase Utley is a good guy to get in because not only is he gonna open the door for guys like Whitaker and maybe you know other second basemen who are undervalued, but also I think it helps with getting guys who do things like Bobby Abreu who do things that are quantified a lot better with modern metrics than they are with previous metrics like just like regular counting stats. You know what I mean? If you know what I'm yeah, saying like I agree yeah. with you. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think Utley needs to get in, but yeah, I think out of all the takes, sorry James,
0: it's it brutal man. It was the man. award. It's a, it's it's a brutal take. Uh, like I I don't really see a way to justify it. Um, saying that he just wasn't. It's it you again. I don't think you saying he's not a Hall of Famer is that bad of a take. I think that's justifiable. I don't think you can justify saying he was bad at defense though. That I vehemently disagree with. You cannot make that, that or sorry. Or that he wasn't a whiz at defense or wasn't elite defensively. Again, that's just provably false. Uh we've already had, I think, what, like eight ballots or so. Um it's looking really good for Beltray. Um, as expected. Somebody dropped Beltron and K Rod. Do you see that ballot? They dropped Beltron and K Rod. That was weird. K Rod, acceptable. That's I'm fine. okay with that one. That one didn't right, bother but me. But it's very like much. dude what who can like how do you drop Beltron? like what right what you, you voted doing? like are you now upset about the cheating thing it's, you voted it's, for him last year how does that make I'm not gonna get into the, what yeah uh, we'll, we'll, of, we'll get more up here, here's a here's a seam shifted take Hall of Fame voters what are we doing just just you know what, what are we doing just you
1: know what can we give them can we just give that hall of famer? Because at the least award. I, re, yeah, I like James, and you know what? Yeah, James the, the, is a good dude. I feel so bad I, about it. I don't want
0: to give him the award. We're giving, we're giving the guy the hall of fame. Yeah, James. I think it was a, an anonymous voter, so we don't even know who. It okay, was. anonymous person, congratulations, you win the award. Like, what the hell, man? That's a, it's a really bold take. Just, just really, really bold. Um, Ryan, thank you very much for joining me again tonight. Um. To our listeners, thank you for listening in and giving us some takes and everything like that. We deeply appreciate it. We always love when you guys interact with the pod and everything. Uh, we will be back, obviously, uh, next week, but we'll also be back uh, sometime later this week as well as we've got another special episode brewing with uh, with a potential pitching coach, which means we may get a pitching-heavy uh, episode, which is good for this pitching coach. I'm really excited about that. Um, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast Have a good rest of your week and we will see you soon.